This week, I have thought a lot about the church, and I have prayed for the church, and I have prayed for the mission of the church. And as I was doing these things, my heart felt joy. My favorite day of the week is Sunday. And the reason Sunday is my favorite day of the week is it's the day that I get the opportunity to join in fellowship with fellow believers, the body of Christ, the church. And I get to have an opportunity to lift my heart in praise to God with the congregation of God, with the church, the body of Christ. We get to do this together. It's great that we can do this throughout the week, but there's something special about Sunday when we congregate as the body of Christ. And, be, and one of the other reasons that it's my favorite uh, day of the week is I know that I am going to be spiritually fed. I know that I am going to be encouraged and that I'm going to be prayed for. And I'm going to have the opportunity to pray for others. I'm going to have the opportunity to worship God in song, in deed. And I get to spend time with the body of Christ. I get to participate in the work that God is doing within our congregation. I get to see God work through each one of us as we participate and we each play our individual parts as members, individual members, as believers in Jesus Christ. If someone asks you, personally asks you, to define the church, how would you answer them? What does it mean to you when you say, I am going to church? What does church mean to you? How important is church in your Christian life? Is, something, is it something that you can ignore? Is it something as a believer that you can live without? Is the church a place? Is it a building? Or is it something different? You see, we don't just go to, to the church. We are the church. Each one of us individually are the church. The church is not this physical building at all. This Phil's physical building does not make up the church. When the people in the pews here today leave, the church leaves. This is simply a building that we gather in and that we worship God as the church in. It is a place. This building and the property that it rests on is simply a place for the church to gather that we might worship God. That we might prepare to do the work He has given us to do. Yes, the church is you and you and you and you and me. We make up the church. It's not a building. It's not a place. We are the bride of Christ. We are the church. That is why when one member of the church suffers, the whole body suffers. The whole church suffers. When one member is sick, the whole body suffers and, 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 and experiences that pain together with you. When mem one member of the body of Christ is weak, it weakens the whole body. We were just having a conversation in Bible study class today and Barb brought up a great point. 
And the point that she brought up is this building stands, and it stands strong. It has a great foundation, the foundation solid. And each individual part of this building makes up the whole building, right? The, each individual part. If you take away one brick from this building, this building will remain. It'll stand, won't it? But you remove that one brick, what does it do? It begins to weaken the building, doesn't it? The building becomes weaker. And the next thing you know, though, where that one brick was being supported by the other brick around it, now other bricks start to fall. And the next thing you know, more and more, the building becomes less and less stable, doesn't it? Well, you see, that analogy I paint to you today, because that's the way we are with the church and the congregation. If one member chooses not to come to church when they're able to come, the whole body suffers, don't we? And the church will continue. The church will not um, end because you don't show up and you don't attend and you don't participate. But there's a piece missing. And then when that piece is missing, maybe that piece is going to weaken another piece and then weaken another piece. See, we strengthen each other. We encourage each other. We lift one another up in Christ. And that happens because Christ lives in us. He participates in our daily work as believers. Let us take a moment and go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. You see, that's why it has always puzzled me when someone thinks it's okay to be a Lone Ranger Christian. They think it's okay to make a habit of not assembling together and participating in worship and praise to our Lord. They make it a habit to separate from the body of Christ. As we, as a congregation, learn and grow, they're missing out. They're missing out on the daily activities that happen here as the body of Christ. And we have been called to participate in God's work together we haven't been called to participate in His work alone and separate from the body of Christ. That's impossible to serve God and to serve Him without being connected to the body of Christ. We have been called to participate together in God's work. To strengthen and encourage one another. To pray for one another. But when we have the capability and wherewithal to participate and we do not, we are missing a big part of who we are as believers. And I will say this. If you have the ability to participate and come to church and participate in the body of Christ and you choose not to, that is sin. There is no other way to put it but sin. God commanded us. Jesus commanded us. Do not separate yourself from the body of Christ. Or I'm sorry, the Apostle Paul. Do not separate yourself from the body of Christ. Do not forsake the gathering together of the body of Christ. It is vital to our health as believers. It is vital to the strength of the church in the community that we do gather together. And I understand that there are times when you're sick and you cannot attend church. There is a difference being able between not being able to come and able yet not willing to come. The church is not about me. It is about we. 
The church is about us as a congregation. It's about Christ. It's about working in unity together. It is about being participants in the work of God. We are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. We don't just come to church and sit in the pews, hear a message, sing a few songs, and go home. And that's it for serving God for the week until next week. That's not what being in church is all about. That's not what participating in the work of God is all about. See, we're strengthening each other right now. So when we go out into the world, we're ready to work. We're ready to do God's will and purpose in our life. We're ready to share the gospel of Christ with those God has brought into our path. Let's take a moment and go to John chapter 4, verse 31. We're going to look at verse 31 and verse 33. Jesus said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. That's the food of Christ. That's the food of the church. To do the will of God. To do the will of Him who sent us here. To sent, Jesus sent us to this congregation to accomplish His will and purpose in our life. Do we understand that? And when Jesus sent us, the Father told Jesus to send us. We work for the Father in heaven. What nourishes me and you is what is poured out into others. It is ministering to others that fills Jesus. And we have to understand that when we minister to others, we are being filled as well. Who lives in us? Who lives in us? Jesus lives in us, right? And if He is filled when He is ministering to others, is He filled when we are ministering to others? I think so. The disciples could not understand this concept that Jesus was demonstrating through His actions and responses to eating. They really thought at first that he was just talking about him eating physical food to sustain his physical body when he was talking about the spiritual food, the real food that really matters in our life. The food that changes our life, changes us from the inside out to be more like Jesus Christ. You see, human nature is to be selfish and self-centered. And you know as well as I do, we can see children, we see them all the time. And if you give them a toy, and they're playing with that toy, and you go take it from them, they're immediately mad, aren't they? They're immediately ready to rebel and argue, give me my toy back. They're only focused on how it's benefiting them right now. Not how it might benefit somebody else, or a friend who came along with them to play. We have to teach our children to share, don't we? God is teaching us to share the spiritual life He has given us with others. Just as we teach our children to share their toys with their friends so they can have more enjoyment together. Imagine how much more joy we can have as the church if we shared the love of Christ with everybody around us and they came to a knowledge of Christ. Imagine how much more joy we would have in our life if we consistently did that as believers. You see, we don't have to tell a, ch a child to be selfish, it comes naturally. But do you realize that when we're not sharing our faith and we're not doing the work that God has given us, we're being selfish? You ever really thought about it that way? 
You see, sacrifice does not come naturally because we are a consumer-minded society. It is all about me and all about what I want. It is found through the media. I want it now. We see it all the time. They are always putting images on the television sets, in the newspapers, and any billboards that you drive by trying to entice you to want what you're seeing and want it now. To have it your way. This is a very consumer-minded mindset, isn't it? And this does happen in the church. If we want to be honest, it does happen in the church. We can change that in the church. It starts with each one of us individually being willing to make a change. We have people who are all about church shopping. They want to get nitpicky about things. They want because it's all about them. They want this and they want that. They want the worship service to be this way. They want the sermon to be this long or this short. They want the communion service to go a certain way. And so they're shopping, looking for the perfect place. Brothers and sisters, you're never going to find a perfect church. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There is not a perfect church. As long as we are in this physical shell called the flesh, we are not going to have a perfect church until we are risen with Christ. Then we'll have perfect church. See, we have to put ourself aside and focus on what Christ wants. We want to be spiritual contributors. And our food is to do the will of the Father and to do His work. We are called to serve Him and not to be consumers of what we desire. Two points that I'd like to share today about being servants of Christ, and I'm not sure that I can get through both of them, but I'm going to go as far as I can. We'll pick the rest of it up next week. But two points that I would like to make about being servants of Christ. The first one, we are called to serve in the church. If you are a believer, you are called to serve in the church. We are not called to be pew warmers. We are called to serve. You see, God called each and every one of us to serve in the church. He never intended the church to be a building. His church is in the people. He has a purpose in mind and a mission for all of His people. And in the early church, there wasn't even a specific building that they went to that people attended as being part of the church. They didn't have a specific building like we gather here every week. Maybe one week, the early church, they would gather here, and then another week they'd gather over at this house, another week they'd gather over at this house. They understood that the church was the body of Christ, the people. The people who are God's people is the church. We know that we have been called into the church to serve God and the body of Christ. But what are we supposed to do? What is our individual mission as we participate in the unity of Christ as one body without fault or blemish? What is our purpose? And you see, God hasn't left us without a clue. In fact, He has given each believer a gift, one that is suited to work 
to the work that He has given you and me to accomplish. His work in our daily walk with Him and with the church. He has given each one of us a gift. There's not anyone in here God hasn't given a gift to. And each one of us have an idea if we don't already know what that gift is. He did not leave us blind to figure it out on our own. So let us take a moment and look at some of the gifts He has bestowed upon us. And if we are unsure about our gift, we should pray and seek Him that He would reveal that gift to us. Also, we can examine ourselves and ask, God, which of these gifts is the strength that I have? And this is a strength that I have, not necessarily because I desire to have it, but because I am gifted in that area of my life. See, these gifts are from God Himself. They're gifts from God. And we have them because what He has done in us, because of what He has done in us, we have them. Because He has changed our heart and turned us into believers. We are changed creator, creation. We are a changed creation. We are no longer who we once were. And because He has changed us, He has given us a gift. And it's not because of anything that we have personally done to obtain them. It's because He bestowed that gift upon us. How many people in here can sing? Okay, well, everybody that didn't raise their hand, God didn't give you that gift. How many of us have heard somebody sing and know that they have a gift? They have never been trained. They have a gift. It was given to them. It was bestowed upon them by God. God has given you a gift also to serve the church. Let us take a moment and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them and all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between the spirits. To another, speaking in a different kind of tongue. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the works of one and the same Spirit. And He gives them to each one of us, just as He determines. As God determines, He gives us these gifts. God has given each individual of His church a gift. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The common good of the church, of the believers here. And even the common good of those who we're going to reach out and touch in our daily lives, in our daily walk. Each Christian has a gift and we need to discover what it is. We are to use that talent and develop it as we walk in our faithfulness towards God. 
See, God never intended for us to be Lone Ranger Christians. He never intended us to just do whatever we wanted to, when we wanted to, the way we wanted to. He never intended that. He intended us to unite together as a body of believers and to accomplish His will and purpose in our life. I'd like to remind you of Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works. And we don't even have to figure out what these works are because God already prepared them in advance for us to do. These works are already prepared for us. All we have to do is trust God and depend on Him as we step out in faith to do them. We may not always think we have the answer or are going to be able to accomplish the things that He's asking us to accomplish. But if we trust Him, just as Peter trusted God when he stepped out and preached the first sermon of the church ever, he stepped out boldly and preached the word to everyone who was around. The day of Pentecost, we remember that day well, don't we? We remember that day. There were so many who were saved on that day. Did Peter have a sermon prepared? Or did the Spirit of God come upon Peter and Peter preached the word of God and God gave him the words to speak right then and there? Because I believe that's exactly what happened. God poured His power out on Peter right then and there. And His Spirit overflowed Peter and went out to everyone who was listening. And many were saved that day. Many came to the knowledge of Christ that day. Because of the work of one man who boldly stood up and spoke and taught according to the gift that God gave him. This is the same man who denied Christ three times. The same man who thought that he would never turn his back on God. But Peter learned something through that trial. He learned that it isn't by his power that he won't turn his back on God. He learned that it is by the power of Christ working through him that he will not turn his back on God. And that's the same way with us as we boldly speak out and we boldly do the work of God. God will give us more strength and he will give us more endurance and he will give us more ability to accomplish his good work. Because we're being faithful in the few things that He has given us. And when we're faithful in the few things, He's going to pour it out even more abundantly to us. And unfortunately, I'm not going to get much further today, so I will continue this message next week. And I hope you're able to attend because God will work through us if we just trust Him, lean on Him, realize that we're members of one body, one body, and Christ is the head of that body. He's the one who directs us. He leads us in the direction that we are to go. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. It is Christ that does that. That's why it's so important that we gather together as the body of Christ. That we do not depart from what God is trying to teach us. And what God is trying to do in our lives. We just need to be faithful to Him. In the few things. Come to church. 
Understand, church isn't a building. So when you are not coming to church, you're harming the church. We, each one of us, need you. You, each one of you, need the person sitting next to you. We all need one another. We all play a vital role in the work of Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you again today. And Father, we're so thankful that you have taught us today. And we're so thankful that you have heard our prayers today, Lord. And Father, that your healing hand is upon this congregation. And Father, that you have accomplished mighty works in this congregation and you will continue to do so. And Father, we just ask that you continue to teach our hearts, that you continue to guide us day by day. And Father, we always keep our hearts on you. We always keep our eyes on the prize. We always keep our eyes towards the cross of Jesus Christ. And Father, as we go into the world this week, we just ask, Lord, that you make us more keenly aware of those around us who need you, who need to hear from you. And Father, that we would trust that you would give us the words to speak, that you, we would trust that you would give us the right prayer to pray. Father, that we would trust that your Spirit will guide us in every circumstance. And Father, we ask all of these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.